Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Moon Knight, episode four, in full spoiler detail. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out now. And I'm joined, listen, all right, I'll be honest, I'm feeling a little sick today, but um, I'm not alone. I know Tommy is too. I had to pull him out of a mental institution. He was clutching a Star Wars action figure tight. Uh, but he's here. We got him. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. And uh, listen, uh, I see you've won bingo, but don't worry. I'm going to share with you this time. So uh, we, I, all those other times, forget about it. This time, baby. It's the one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're joined by the great Adam H. Adam, how are you? I'm doing so good. Tommy stole my intro. I was going to say bingo. I was going to shout bingo. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Big bingo episode, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, I love a good game of bingo. I think bingo is slept on. Uh, you know, I think it gets everyone going. The hype when someone shouts out bingo, uh, unparalleled. Big I, played, bingo I played Singo the other night at a bar. Have you ever played Singo? I've. Uh, is it uh, is it involved in drinking? Like, is it a, a drinking bingo? I mean, game? it was at a bar, so people were drinking. But they play songs. You have to guess the song and then put it on your bingo card. Oh, okay, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Do you sing? Do you Singo? Like when you get it, do you have to sing. I mean, the guy. There was one dude who was just one the entire time, and he like <laughs> he just walked up. He didn't even sing. It was kind of kind of embarrassing on his part. But Adam. Um, what have you been thinking about Moon Knight, man? <laughs> uh, I've been a little up and down on Moon Knight, I think is like the best way for me to describe it. Um, my thoughts have changed like literally today as I've went back and watched all four of the episodes back to back in binge format, as opposed to, you know, previously I had just been watching week to week. I don't know. I I'm not sold on the week to week format for all of these shows nowadays, which like, I guess I don't know if that's a hot take because I feel like I always see people, you know, praising the weekly format and that's how they like to consume the content. I'm out on the weekly format for these types of shows. I think it played so much better on a binge. I feel like I could like actually get into it and understand what the heck was going on every single week. I've been just ridiculously confused. I'm like, okay, who are these 12 Egyptian guys going through avatars and doing this random, like, What's happening? I have no idea what's going on for these episodes. And, you know, the second time through on a full binge, I feel better about my comprehension ability. Uh, still, I have a ton of questions like what in the hell was the second half of this episode? But overall, I feel like I have a much better grasp on what's happening. So would recommend a binge for these. Um, my experience has improved dramatically because of it. Well, okay. Well, quick plug to the Kickball Friends podcast that I guested on this week. So if you haven't listened to it, you should go check it out. But we had a big conversation about um, whether we prefer binging shows or week to week shows. Um, my my pitch was, and actually, it probably wouldn't work for any of these Marvel shows. But um, I say longer episodes and make them further apart. Um, and and really, I was referencing uh, Better Call Saul for that. So if you had like a two hour episode once a month, every month of the year. I feel like that would be a lot easier to get through. But I feel like Marvel, here's my pitch for the Marvel shows. What if there's like two episodes a week? Like, I feel like there's definitely a middle ground here that we're missing. Um, and here's the thing. I'm not willing to give up the week-to-week -week format, which means um, I would be giving up on the podcast at that point. So, uh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, uh, we, we need the week-to-week, -week, right, Tommy? You know, I I think there's been, been – there, 
I think it depends on the show. I think this honestly could have been a really, really good movie. I think you could have done something, you know, it, because it's such a confusing plot sometimes. I do think having your audience wait to give, be given more information, you lose that motivation week to week. Uh, for me, at least personally, I, I don't go with the, I do like the um, multiple episodes in, in a week. Like, I like three episodes if, if it's like an arc. Like, give me a little baby arcs every once in a while. That's fine for me, but like, have it be like, I, I want to leave the week satisfied and be like, okay, like, I, I'm, in, I'm hooked. I'm enjoying. I understand what's going on. Well, Tommy, let's talk about this episode because we discussed the fact that it, there were rave reviews for this episode. A lot of people were like, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to have so much fun with it. Did it live up to the hype? It didn't for me. Uh, the it, it did, you know, for me, it felt like, do you know that, that uh, meme where it's like the horse drawing and like the beginning is like bad and then it's like, okay. And it, that's how it felt for me where like the beginning I hated and I have a, a pretty good reason why um, I'm just not a Steven fan at all. Like I just, I've realized this week I'm so anti-Steven. It's not even funny. He's the worst. Hate him. Uh, then it got better. I was like into the whole like uh, temple run type. I was like, cool. And then, like, the ending was – it. I, when I say it was, like, the best part, it was the best part because it just made me be like, what is happening here? Uh, it did feel like a, a like a trying-to-be-Legion kind of thing going on where I'm like, Legion's already done it and did it a lot better. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you guys think about that. But, yeah, it, I would say, like, it didn't live up to hype, but I do think it was, like, a really good episode, if that makes sense. Adam, your jaw was on the floor when he said he, he didn't like Steven. I, I was shocked when I when he said that as well. What, what's your reaction to that? I can't believe this, <laughs> Tommy. I cannot believe that you're anti-Steven. I, I cannot stand Mark. I think Mark is the problem out of the two. I want more Steven content. When Steven went and kissed Layla, bold move, by the way, here, episode four. Bold move by Steven. I loved it. This, I mean, uh, Steven, I think to me is like the reason the show works, to be honest with you. I don't think it works if it's just like Mark doing a, a very, I'm not going to say prototypical, but like if it's just Mark, it's it's just another kind of normal like Avenger style superhero movie versus like the Steven is what adds the intrigue. It's like what makes this story somewhat interesting. Yeah, you need Steven in like a mirror. Keep him in the Keep him in the reflection. He can give little quips. I want place. Mark in the reflection. I need Steven to be front and center, baby. I need Mark given there in the, the little devil on the shoulder. He Listen, Steven was given a direct order by Kanchu, who, like, Kanchu I missed this week. I'm not going to lie. I missed Kanchu a lot. Like, it, I felt like the episode kind of lacked for me because I love the – I love Kanchu just being around and being so aggressive sometimes. But he was given a direct order. Come get me. Get Mark. Come get me. And then Steven's off driving away, doing his own thing. Uh, you know, like, yeah, he's doing the mission. But, like, it, then he's still in, st still in wives away. I don't know. I, I didn't love the, the Steven. You're mad about stealing wives? What about stealing bodies, Tommy? That's what Mark is out here doing. Um, okay. Well, my what came first, the chicken or the egg? Whose body is it? That's, I guess, the question. I, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't care. Um, <laughs> that's I'm what, at. what what came first, the Steven or the Mark? Um, <laughs> well, let's let's start to dive into this episode a little bit more here. Um, and we open. It's so sad, sad news, Tommy, because I'm with you. Kanju was I love Kanju. He's 
uh, he like I said, I think that he's a mat like he's a villain straight up. He's just a menace. Uh, like that's the bottom line. But uh, poor, poor Kanji will be open. He's getting he's uh, he's in a statue and he's being put on the shelves with all the other gods. How many gods are there, Tommy? I mean, there was like twelve gods here, and like I'm pretty sure there's like even Stephen says in episode one, there's nine Egyptian gods. I think there's a lot, right? Like, you know, if you look through mythology, there's gods for everything. Literally, it's like the god of shoes, right? Like, it's like, it could be anything. They're like, all right, there's, there's something for that. So, you know, that that checks out for me. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would like to be put on a shelf. Maybe like a, but I guess a shelf is better than a box, right? Like, at least you're displayed on a shelf. As like opposed Andy's to, like, toys. Yeah, if you're like shoved into like a closet or something, that's not, that's not fun. As like a shelf would be. Adam, you like Kanju or is that uh I do, yeah, I do. Admittedly, I don't think I'm as big of a fan as either of you are. Not in the sense that I don't think he's like been fun TV or a good character to watch and like enjoy. Um, I just like don't care about the Egyptian god mythology, any of that. Honestly, all of that stuff has just either gone way over my head or I've just like stopped paying attention to it. Like you're saying, there's nine gods when they all summon together, there's like five. When they hold hands, there's like six. And then there's like 15 statues over there. Some have avatars, some don't have avatars. Why is the guy like, I, I just don't care about that part of it. Like that just doesn't really do much for me either way. Um, but I, I do like Contra as a character. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I, that's actually been a, a point I've been talking to my roommate about is like, part of Moon Knight is like, it's like Marvel's Batman, right? And I haven't gotten that from this show yet. And it's because they've been focusing way more on the, the mythology side of Moon Knight, which is fascinating. But like, I think you establish him first as like this like crusader and then bring up the, I don't know. That's how I'm feeling. It's just a lot. It's a lot of mythology. And I think that that stuff either works for you or it doesn't. I've been like a lot of things I've been hearing is like, well, I love that part of it. I love how they're able to intertwine um, actual history or mythology into the MCU, which, you know, I don't care either way. A little bit of it is good. Maybe they were crossing the line of too much. But with that being said, we do get a fun action scene here next. Uh, Hera's men show up to uh, Layla, Layla fights them. What do you think about this, Tommy? It was fun. Listen, I like how much uh, Layla we're getting and how much like uh, like she can hold her own in this stuff. You know, uh, she she's not one to be messed with. I don't know that that was like my takeaway from this first scene. I, nothing against Layla. I think she's also been like a very dynamic and engaging character. But like uh, like we're lighting a flare and then tossing it on a truck and like they're all dead somehow. Like uh, whatever. Uh, again, like uh, the, the first fight scene didn't do a ton for me. Also, why is it so dark? I don't, have you guys noticed this? Like the whole show, I'm like trying to watch this during the day. The sun is out. My windows are open. It's like 65 and sunny and beautiful outside in this, these lovely spring days. And I can't see anything on the screen. It's all just like, I, I don't know why they're using the darkest possible scenes they can possibly use here. And I think the, uh, it... I, I can, especially when we get like the, the Egyptian dogs or whatever, and then later on we get like this mummy creature. Um, I think it makes sense in those contexts from their perspective as far as they don't have to animate things as well in the dark. But this scene, you're right. 
there was no reason that we were in the dark. It was like you could have blown up a, a Humvee out there. Like uh, it would have been a lot cooler. You would have been able to see a lot more. I guess I guess if I were to defend it anyway, it's because they were just they had to change the stars. And this is like immediately after that. Um, so <laughs> there's there's the best defense I got for it. But you're right. Uh, turn on a light. Also, well, I'll say one more thing. I'm a big fan of the flares in any sort of media. Um, we get it in the Batman. Like, it always just makes for really cool shots. And that shot, that's like, it's like an up-down view of Layla holding that flare. Like, I was like, yes! You look like a badass! So, I don't know. Uh, I like some of it. I don't like other parts. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, so she uses the flares to uh, blow up a truck. And uh, next, we have another... Um, I think my notes are a little scattered, but uh, we'll go with it anyways. Um, they're they're about to repel into the tomb. And this is... Is this where we get the kiss? I think it's where we'll talk about the kiss here. Um, Tommy, slight eye roll on your end. Um, what do you think of this? This whole... This is the part that, like... It's like Steven's like, I made a deal. No, you didn't. Now you're lying. And then like he's like, I made a deal with Mark. It's all cool. And then, I don't know. I didn't love that. Uh, and then it just... I don't need this love triangle between Steven and Mark and Leila. I don't, I don't need it. Um, I would feel like both, both Steven and Mark honestly don't have that much chemistry with Layla in general. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling that already. So like now you're giving me, now it's double duty of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt like, did it, did I see it last episode? Yes. Like I saw the, the hints of, of Steven being interested. Uh, it just, felt unnecessary i guess for me and didn't do anything it just made me hate steven more listen tommy <laughs> i did not sit through 20 plus minutes of steven is bad at relationship content the first two episodes to not have it pay off for something we had those the the date that went whatever like he his, he said so, oh my god how many times has he said i can never have a girlfriend like that's the only thing he ever cares about in this world with the body being taken he said it so many times we have to pay this off in some way and i actually i'm normally not a huge fan of love triangles but i think the fact that like two corners of those triangles are one body is very interesting to me uh so surprisingly this is this is working fully for me yeah, I don't know if it's going to go well for your boy, though. I'm just going to say, I I don't think he's going to get the girl in the end. I'm making that prediction now, boldly. So wait, loudly. you're saying Layla will only love Mark, but never Steve. No, I think Layla's going to, I think she should just leave both of them. You know, Layla, do your own thing. You don't need, you don't need this okay. body. That's fine. And that's yeah. my pitch for why I like this, is because, like, typically you see somebody like this in media, and you're like, oh, why is she still with him? But the fact that she's able to love both sides of him, I think that's precious. Agreed. I, I just feel a little quick. Like, she just discovered, like, this, right? And now she's like, and that's maybe the thing is, like, I feel like if you're going to do this, you need to spend more time on this. This is, like, a serious thing, right? Like, it's like, how is she feeling about all this? This is someone she loved, but now it's, like, a different personality. But she's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it feels like they're just doing it too quick just to have it, but not really explaining the the psychology behind it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm too in the weeds about it, but it, it does feel very laissez about like Layla's so into it, but like you've known him for two seconds, but it's also like, there's a lot of baggage with this whole thing. Adam, I think the episodes might be fresher on your mind to speak on this. Um, but I'm curious. It seemed like 
it seemed like Layla was well aware that he had this issue. Now, am I am I misreading that? Yeah, I don't think she was. Uh, well, certain certainly not of the C, the the, 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 the oh my god the Steven stuff. I'm losing my mind today. Uh, she was not aware of that. We had like the whole scene on the bike where she's like very confused at, at Steven kind of saying anything like that. Um, the thing that we did see, however, was Mark pushing her away actively previously up until this point. And then I think there were like large swaths of time where Mark was just absent. And so uh, what she can assume, whatever, it wasn't entirely clear what exactly she assumed about that. But I don't think she, you know, got the <laughs> I don't think she got it right that there was someone else inhabiting Mark's body <laughs> throughout yeah. that whole time. <laughs> And I think this shows that, like, the show is kind of confusing. Uh, I think she knew the Moon Knight part, but she didn't know the person, because I think the personalities, from what I gathered, it, it it's not that it was a newer thing. I think it's always been there, but it's, like, definitely increased. Like, it, it has not been to this point where, like, Mark, like, the personalities have taken control of the body is from what I've understood. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, but like I'm saying, yes, yeah, like, it was, like, one episode, she's like, oh, cool, like, there's there's Stephen and Mark now, but it was, like, that's a that's a huge thing to, to discover about your your husband, right? Like, this is a, a huge uh, uh you know, and, and I just felt like the show is really pushing that. <laughs> Completely fair. Um, so they do. Well, uh, Mark takes control for a second and punches Steven into the tomb. And um, yeah, and this is kind of some of the stuff we go through here. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, like uh, what, what uh, he finds out that the tomb is in the format of that I, I like, I was like, I don't, uh, that's why I'm like, I don't care about this. This is the stuff that got me a little bit, just because I, I do like that. Like I, I am nostalgic for like the Indiana Jones and the, like the whole, the, and I did like uh, this vibe of it. I liked this. I liked the Alexander the Great stuff and like how, she, like I liked the little lore of this a little bit. You see a lot of remnants of other gods is, it, you know, predictably uh, that, were were in, in, on the side of Amit. That's what I gathered from like the the snake skins and stuff. That's part of uh, one of the gods. But yeah, I, I can see why. But I did like the the eye thing. I don't know. I felt at least it was like they were trying something. You know, like at least they were doing something instead of like, all right, we're going to this temple and it's here. It's like at least there was some challenge. I guess it could have probably been a little more challenging, but what was the challenge they were trying? You had to, to figure out what path to go down, and they figured out that it was a tongue because it's the voice. You're oh to be... yeah, the way that he said tongue really creeped me out. <laughs> it was it, the emphasis. I don't even know how to describe it. The emphasis on the wrong part of the word. It's like tongue. Like there was a. It was like gutter. It was gross. Yeah. See, Stevens. <laughs> thank you, Adam. Now you're on my side. I just like did not need any part of that whole situation. Oh uh, yeah, gross. Um, but yeah, I guess the other discovery here is that um, we're looking at the tomb of Alexander the Great. Um, I don't know my mythology. Do, um, does this make any sense? Because I, I, Alexander the Great is not an Egyptian, right? So why? I think they said that in the episode. It was like he always wanted to. I, again, uh, this did nothing for me, but I, they did say like it was mentioned. It was like he always wanted to claim to be Egyptian or something like that. Um, I, who's who's this for? I guess is my question. Like, what is are we like? 
are you guys like big into other types of mythology? You guys probably have talked about this in other contexts, but I always love like the Greek and Roman mythology stuff. Like Percy Jackson was huge. Like all that kind of stuff is so fascinating and interesting to some extent, but I feel like Egyptian mythology just did not like make that kind of mainstream popularity. And you know, this could certainly do something to help with that kind of stuff, but like, I just didn't care. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe like we're alone on that, but it just didn't do anything for me when that big reveal of like, I think this is the long lost tomb of Alexander the Great. It was like, is lost? Like, we didn't know where it was. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Figured we had that puppy locked up. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Tommy, do you care? I, I don't know too much about the history of like Alexander the Great. I do think he tried to conquer Egypt a couple times, but I could be, there's so many emperors that try to conquer Egypt at some point. Um, and I think that's what it is. It does feel like a, okay, cool. Like, and, and like discovering he's the, vo he was the voice uh, at one point, like, great. He was in it. Like, you know, it doesn't, I don't feel connected to Alexander the Great. He's not my best friend. So it's not, it does, does nothing for me. Uh, I agree with you, Adam. I think like it is one of the mythologies that's a little harder to, there's a lot to it. And I think like media has done a really good job of catering Greek mythology and Roman mythology to mainstream uh, media. And I, I think, you know, this could potentially do that. Uh, like you, like you said, but uh, right now it was just kind of like a, that's neat. Let's continue the episode. At this point I was, I was, I, the whole time sitting here like, okay, where's the hype for episode four? Like, like this is so far, this is really not living up to the hype. Yeah. So I, I will I mean, I think we're about to get into, well, hold on, Tommy. Uh, I know you don't like Alexander great, but would you stick his, your hand in his mouth to retrieve a statue? I, I thought like, okay. Yeah. If it's like a regular mouth, he was like elbow deep into this. Yeah. He was like elbow deep into this mouth. Like how deep does this thing go? I don't know. Like that, that. I don't know if I'd go elbow deep. I'd probably go like wrist, wrist deep. Just like a to grab it. But if it's any further, no, thank you. I'm out. I feel like once your wrist is in, like you're 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 bought in. Like that, you have to keep going. Like you just gotta come. Like I don't think you can just put up to the wrist in if you're trying to get a statue out of like an ancient unknown tomb or whatever, and be like, I don't know if I can do the couple extra inches. Like I feel like you're in at that point. So Tommy's down to for the resting of the mummy. Um, <laughs> this is like when you go into like a swimming pool and you start w wading in and you're like, how far is too far where you can't go back? Like, it's like, you know, like. Okay, well, that's a, I guess I kind of agree with Adam on that. Like, at what point, like, I don't think I, if I'm in the pool, I'm going. Yeah, like once you're, once like your waist is wet. Well, yeah, the, you're in the pool. once you're in the knees, but let's say I put a foot in, oh, too cold. Oh, oh no. No, I think that's like a finger though. I think like a foot is a finger here in this situation. Like you dip okay. your foot in there to gauge the temperature. That's like a finger and you're like already wrist deep. So like you're I think you're in. Waist deep. I'm like waist deep. Okay. You're waist deep. Did I did I miss this? Why is the statue in the stomach of Alexander? <laughs> Cuz he's the voice. Everything leads to the voice. So it's in the mouth, which is but it's really in the stomach. Yeah. It's, he, he ate it. <laughs> All right, there, there you have it. Um, I am excited about to, to talk about this next uh, little scene we get here with this. I, what is what is this creature? I don't know what it is, but it's terrifying. It reminds me of the thing at the end of uh, Annihilation. Uh, I guess spoilers for that, but um, this thing is completely terrifying. It's like this this pitch black, scary mummy. 
So uh, it was terrifying. I thought this was. I thought this worked really well. Yeah, I really like this. I it, we were calling it in this household. We were calling it the Legends of the Hidden Temple, Temple Guardians. Like that's how it felt. Like they were. You didn't have the amulet. Oh, now we're gonna eat you. That's that's how that came across to me. I thought it was super cool. This was definitely the part where I started to like feel myself uh, get more engaged. Uh, it was real spooky. It definitely was, and like that table, like the carving table, like oh, oh, it was really getting, it was getting like medically creepy. Like, whoa, I don't even know what was happening there. They just like dropped a dude on it, and he was a, I don't know. Uh, it was definitely engaging and very uh, um, gross. <laughs> Well, talking about my love of flares, Layla ends up killing this thing by sticking a flare in the eye of this mummy, which again, I, I just thought this all of this was like really cool. I just like, I was down for this as far as like, and, and like, as far as I'm trying to think of anything that really compares, maybe some stuff in Loki, but it's like, I don't think we get like visceral, scary action. Like, it's just so gritty and pulpy and fun. Like, I, I, I loved this stuff. And, and as far as like the action scenes in the tomb. So, um, yeah, to, yeah, I don't, Alexander the Great, who cares? You, you can go. Um, I want more like actual mummies. Maybe I need to rewatch the mummy. We talked about that last week. Yeah. So. More temple guardians, like more just like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it worked. And like, I think Adam, the, the table was very spooky and very bloody. You, who cleans, I bet no one cleans the table, I guess. It's probably like years and years of blood. Well, when it's used that frequently to dismember whatever they were putting in those weird jars, like probably organs, they were probably taking out. Isn't that a thing that, like, uh, in Egyptian lore, like it's like you you take your organs for the afterlife? So maybe they were like giving uh, Amit more more uh, organs, like, oh, you don't have enough. Here's these random strangers that broke into your temple, your your uh, your burial. Yep, yep. So uh, I guess next year we get Harrow. Harrow shows up and he's like, he's getting in the mind of Layla a little bit, uh, putting some thoughts out there about Mark and the possibilities of, and Tommy, do I, I kind of called. This. He did. He did definitely call it. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess, I guess Mark didn't kill him firsthand, but um, he's definitely involved here. And um, yeah, Adam, what do you think about Harrow and his uh, ways of like, I, I don't know, is it manipulation? Yeah. You know, manipulation, persuasion, just like psychological, whatever. Um, I really love Harrow as a character. I think he's probably my favorite of the whole show. Coldest take, whatever. But um, I think, like, he brings a lot. I think he's really dynamic. And I think that, like, this scene perfectly encapsulates why he's so dynamic. It was like, there was no, like, threat of death. He wasn't, like, holding a gun. He wasn't, like, dangerous, per se. There wasn't a big scary monster about to fight. It was just, like, a conversation of, hey, I know this thing. I have this information that is very relevant to you and your way of life and everything you know to be true and believe. And he was just using it brilliantly as leverage to like get inside of Layla's head and make her like recalibrate what she thinks about how she thinks. It was so fascinating. I love him so much. Um, and this like this really, really worked for me. Yeah, and he's so swarmy, like when he's like. He's like, I hope, I hope you bring, find peace or whatever. It's just so like, you know what you're doing. You're manipulating her. You're not trying to help her. Like, it, it's so good. And like, you know, another cool take. Ethan Hawke's a really good actor. He's so good. And like, I think you nailed it with like, 
it's the fact that like he's just been using his words. Like I do think at some point he might fight. At like the end, I could see him like actually fight. But I kind of like that he's like he hasn't like yeah he has the scales and he's killed people that way. But it's like he hasn't. He's very calm, cool, and collected. Like and that's the most terrifying thing. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm alone in this. Maybe this is my hot take to the cold take. I don't care about Hero that much. Uh, he, I, I like Layla more. I like Mark and Steven more. Like um, Hero, like I like I don't know. What, how cool is Hero? Like what is it like? I guess that's what I need in a villain. Like somebody that's like just really cool and badass and like. But the, I can I, I pitch Hero? Okay, so okay, like here, tell me. I think here's the cool, this like top couple bullet points here. Number one, he's got a tattoo that moves. That's pretty sick, I think. Just like an easy, right off the top of the bat. Number one, he can literally tip the scales literally on his arm. That's pretty cool. Number two, he opened up like a weird portal with his cane and some weird stuff popped out of there. Also pretty cool. Knows what he's doing. Number three, man's got a charisma that is off the charts. He is able to like psychologically torment and devastate anyone he wants because of how he speaks and the way he does it. To me, top tier villain. I really love him. I see the charisma part and I do like that about him, but I think my problem is you're right. He uses that staff and he summons creatures to do his bidding. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I want my villain to like, like uh, Thanos style. I'll handle this myself, you know, like, uh, I don't know. And I, I think his strength is his voice. His strength is his words. His strength is, and I like villains like that. I like villains where it's like they more mess with you uh, psychology wise, psycho, you know, psycho, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> they met, they mess with your brain uh, as opposed to I don't need him to be buff and beating people up himself. Like I just, he's manipulating everyone, and and I think the charisma is part of it. And it's, it's those kind of villains I just want to punch in the face because it's like. They'll sit there and be like, I did nothing wrong. Yet you know they did everything. Like they are they are doing everything possible to uh to get what he wants. Fair. And to be uh, to be fair on all that, I think the turn that is made at the end makes me like him more. With that being said, um, let's talk about Layla confronting Mark. Um, I don't know, I don't know. We kind of talked about it, I guess. Um, she is confronting him, asking if uh he killed her father, and he reveals it was his partner, right? So um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to say on that. Yeah. I'll say a couple of things of, I felt this was weird to start this drama and then jump into something else entirely. Like we didn't, it was left on a weird, um, hanging of like, she seemed kind of mad, but then like kind of okay. It, I, I don't, I wish they would have either had a resolution or not bring it up at all because now it's like, I'm not, I don't care about that now because now I'm focused on whatever is happening <laughs> in this like mental hospital. And it's like, it, it was brought up and and kind of dealt with in a weird way. Uh, I did think there was some interesting facts there. I think the the her dad having the future scarf could hint to the Scarlet Scarab a little bit more that I've been talking about. There's a couple more hints to that um, with with Layla in the in the mental uh, facilities. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, Either way, yeah, I think the scene was. It, it, I feel like it was supposed to be more emotional, and it didn't hit me that much. Like it didn't hit me as emotional as I think the show wanted it to. I sort of didn't mind how it landed, um, just because I don't think we know how it landed yet. 
which is more me like not again not enjoying the weekly format of the show i think that like once we sort of know the resolution of that conversation once we sort of know like where that's going what layla's going to do what mark and um uh, steven are going to do i think we'll be able to like adjudicated a lot better as opposed to right now when we did sort of have that clean break which was done for the shock factor it was done for the value of the end of this episode and not necessarily for the series as a whole and so i think like once we get the resolution of that we'll be able to look back a lot better than you know kind of in the moment here so well let's let's kind of ease our way into some of the more crazy stuff we probably want to talk about um there is some cool stuff here we get mark with he like picks up this axe and he's like going ham and then, uh, yeah, Hera shows up, shoots him, falls into this, uh, I don't know, pond, uh, pond in the middle of, <laughs> anyways, uh, but he wakes up in the, the mental institution and I've got, I've actually got, this is like the most notes. This is like, when we get into this mental institution, it's like one division level notes for me. I caught so many things in here and I was in like all the little details and, like, I don't even know what to make of it. Uh, Adam, I'll throw it to you. W- what's your reaction to, to, I guess, our first initial waking up in this hospital here? I mean, it was jarring to go through that. Uh, admittedly, I don't think I, I've never seen uh, Tomb Raiders, but I think like that was the, you know, they kind of did that little, you know, hunting through the wilderness and the jungle there. It was jarring going from like the change in, in picture format of giving the, the smaller kind of box of your screen there, like emulating these movies kind of like, it, it was jarring. It like hit you pretty hard there. And it was just like, wait a minute, what am I watching? Like, am I watching, is this the right show? Like, am I watching the right thing? And like, you wake up in that a mental institution and it's like, whoa, like what's happening? Is this real? It felt very WandaVision-esque to be honest with you. Like you're talking about the notes being similar. I think like the show style is somewhat similar of like, is this the real world? Is this like what's happening? Is this just like a figment of imagination? Is this produced by something? Who has power is this? Who's in control? What's going on? Where are my characters? And then like, as it takes you around and you see all of the characters from the show doing other things they're you know, the, the, even like down to the little drawings that they were doing. Um, you guys probably caught way more stuff than I did. Um, but it, you know, it, it was jarring and fascinating. I think are like sort of my two, big takeaways i love the swing that they did i think they needed it to help the show quite a bit and i think it works as of right now we'll see where it goes but i i I liked it yeah i agree with that i think it it was a needed swing let's see if they nailed the nailed the landing because i think it could be bad like i think there's a there is a path i can see where i'm not gonna like this choice but as now i mean i I love a good Easter egg. So the amount of stuff in here was definitely right on my alleyway. Um, I think it's interesting. I have theories of what's going on. There is a comic, I'm blanking on the name of it, but there is a comic that kind of does something very similar to this. Um, And so I think that's interesting. Uh, And yeah, I mean, we jump right into it and it's like, you are kind of just shocked and like Mark is still sedated. So it's like, also he's shocked. It, it, it was definitely like I was hooked into what they wanted me to feel in this moment. Like it was like exactly like that, like kind of like what is happening right now. Yeah. And I think, um, I guess my, my big question is like, I think I know what's going on. And actually Tommy, I did read the comic you're mentioning and um, that comic starts in the mental institution. And I already see the parallels from within 
But it's interesting that they made that the twist here. So I think that is really fascinating. Um, but I guess my big question is, what is the show going for? Um, because I think there's there's multiple interpretations we can take. We could take, it was all a dream. We could take, uh, Harrow has taken his consciousness and put it somewhere. You know, like, uh, I don't know if we have any theories as far as that goes. I guess I'll start with mine. I, I guess... I feel like they did want us to think this was more of like, it's all a dream because again, I'll point out some of the Easter eggs we get, we get the marshmallows. Um, the, 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 the statue dude is there. We get Rubik's cubes. We get cupcakes. We get goldfish. Like these are all things that we've seen in the show before. Um, so it makes me think that they want us to think that this is everything that's happened this far is a figment of his imagination. And this is truly reality. Um, of course, things kind of go sideways from there, which make me think it's not the case. For instance, Mark and Stephen meeting and Hippo Lady coming up. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm throwing it to you guys. Is there any theory here? Like, is there any concrete, like, what the hell is happening? I think there's multiple ways to look at it. I lean in potentially this is some sort of afterlife uh, and my main hook on this is the hippo lady um, to give a little bit from what I was, I've been reading. Uh, 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 she was not, has not, this is an Egyptian God has not been introduced in the Marvel uh, moon. Like has never been like a God in, the, in that world, but it's kind of like kind of the opposite of Amy is what I've been told. And, and it's like one of the things is like bringing back the dead, like, so I could see it as like she's coming to basically be like Mark, we need you again, kind of thing. Um, it sounds awful that this is like what his afterlife would be being tortured in this way. Um, I thought this, uh, so that's where I'm at. But I definitely, the show definitely wanted us, definitely wants us to still be confused. The show wants us to be confused if a it's uh, this has all been a figment of his imagination the whole time, and he this is this is the real version now. Or B, this is all a dream and what happened before is the real stuff. And either like Harold is doing something to make him, maybe, you know, we didn't see him die. Maybe Hero like saved him afterwards and it's now like uh, trapping him in like this like mind thing. I could see that. Um, I thought the, yeah. And I just loved like the Stephen meeting was, it made me like Stephen a little bit more because they were like friendly and hugging. That was cute. There was also another sarcophagus. In another room that they didn't open. Wonder who that could be. <laughs> I think I'm probably closer to the second option you were saying, Tommy. I've, I'm always so bad at speculating what these types of shows are going to do going forward. And I just like miss the mark every time. Um, that being said, I guess I'm not fully on board that they wanted us to think that it was a dream throughout the whole thing. I think certainly the, the start of the scene without question right like as, as you're waking up you're like oh is this just a dream but i think like once we meet the other steven there's like a hippo walking through the door we're like opening sarcophagi you know like i i think there's certainly more at play going on here um i also think it's just really cheap if it's oh <laughs> those three episodes were just a dream <laughs> like what what are we doing here <laughs> um so i certainly don't think that's going to be what happens um, but I don't know. I have no idea where they go from here. I literally no clue. How important is the hippo? I think Hera's still being in charge in this 
institution is important um especially to like thinking about is this a dream versus is this some sort of like reality who's in control who's pulling the strings stuff like that but yeah i don't i, I don't think it's uh, i don't think it's just a dream fair so we do meet harrow here and he seems to be like i don't know the warden uh of is that is that what i don't know if that's the appropriate term for a doctor i don't He's know something. the director yeah. uh, director uh but yeah they, they have they have a whole conversation here and he seems a lot nicer here. He's like, he's talking about, he under, he's like, he's validating him a lot, which I guess if from a doctor's standpoint, he would be where he's like, Oh, I know Steven. Yeah. You're not crazy. Like this all makes sense to me. So I don't know. Not a whole lot stood out to me as far as their meeting goes, but just, uh, I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. Um, I did like the, the movie, the Tomb Raiders, uh, movie that Stephen Grant was in. It, it does play to, so like Tomb, bu- Tomb Busters. Tomb Busters. So, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Widely different. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually thought this was a fun nod too to like in in the comics. Stephen is a a movie producer, so I thought that was like a fun little like oh look you know uh, in this version. Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like he's being nice. I felt like he was a little gaslighty, especially because like in our mind we're like this isn't the real right, and it's like. No, you just think like, oh, oh, Mark, like you're doing it again, and it's just like he's a he's a therapist who's like is like, you know, like I'm I'm your buddy, but I'm not really your buddy. Watch out. It was I, it, it was good though because it made me like cringe. Like this is the villain that I love because it is that like, oh, pet, pet, you'll be okay. And it's like, no, you're evil. Get out of here. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked in this scene too, particularly on the rewatch, are like the little things that made mark uh realize like hey something's going on here and i think like it didn't play amazing to me as i was going through weekly right we saw like the statue he was noticing the cane was big and then it focused on his shoes which again like when i watched this a couple days ago just week by week i was like whatever like he's just wearing some like shoes and then of course like i rewatched it today our opening scene of the whole show is like putting glass in the shoes and stepping on it which i had completely forgotten about as of this point it's like okay we're bringing more things together here this is really interesting um and so i i again i certainly liked it more uh on that rewatch fair uh tommy i want to ask you um we get yeah because we talk about tomb busters here um, and the character's name is Stephen Grant, which again, I feel like that's them wanting us to think that, oh, he's just obsessed with this movie. Um, but there still is, I guess, technically a movie called Tomb Busters in this world. So I don't know. Is there any, can we make any connection there? Like, is that what happened? Does he just become obsessed with this movie? I don't know. I guess, I guess there's no way to answer this at this point, but, uh, it's no, one of my biggest questions. No, and it could be something like, I mean. You know, we don't know much about the personalities. We don't know if it came from maybe there was a traumatic incident for Mark that like triggered these personalities. You know, like you've seen that uh, has happened to people in, in real life. Like that is a thing. Um, and so maybe this is like a real movie and like Stephen Grant came out of that. Right. Like it's like this like idea. I don't know. You know, it is it is interesting. Um, and I, that's definitely what they want us to think in this setting is like, oh, he just this is the Stephen Grant the whole time. It's been this movie that he just now is, has manifested into his own like personality. Um, I don't know. It's intriguing. It, it's definitely, it was like I said, there was so much here and it was so cool. Like how everyone was some character we met at this point, like, you know, even down to the, the, the people chasing after him. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. 
fun movie, not the right word. It was it was a, a engaging show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess after this, this is where um, we've kind of bounced around. We met Stephen. We saw that there was another sarcophagus, um, and then the hippo god shows up. So I mean, uh, I don't know. We we could start to close it out here unless anybody else has any closing thoughts about what's going on. Stupid question. Is my again? I know nothing about any of this mythology. I kind of thought the hippo was uh, Amit. It probably isn't because uh, we didn't like say that. I have no idea. I literally could not have less of a clue. But we just like hadn't been introduced to many more gods, and so I like, why wouldn't the hippo be Amit? I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but I can tell more from the comics than I can mythology, and I know that Amit shows up or manifests themselves as like more reptilian i don't know if like they're a snake or like a lizard or a alligator or something like that but um i, I would not think that this is Amit. okay yeah and i think i i got spoiled a little bit by looking things up of like who, that there is a hippo god out there that but yeah i think i think if we're just watching the show i could see people like come to that conclusion right like it's like the or at least like i also like at first thought maybe it's the 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 girl that was like friendly to him when all the gods met, I was like, Oh, maybe it's like her God. Um, you know, the one that was like, Hey, go to this place. Um, so like, yeah, there was definitely, I think we're not supposed to know. Uh, that was the God that was like the God of the most random things like <laughs> love and music. And what was the other one? There's like something else that didn't even connect. Not Michael calling love and music random. I mean, there's a th the third one. I can't remember the third. The third one was like, like it was like the fact that there were like five main guys yeah. and that one triplet of random was like that's one of the ones. Like, yeah. Also, some gods get the weird like avatar things. Not, I'm not avatar's the wrong word because like they actually have avatars. I'm talking about like the like a hippo and a and the crow thing. Like, why are some gods a giant evil crow and some gods a hippo, but other dudes are a guy named Mark? Like. What's the well? Because those are their avatars. They're there. So the gods basically, uh, at a certain point, there is like a lot that went down. They separated themselves from this world. So they're over on another, like their their world, the the world that the gods exist in. And so like there's, they can't um, present their full selves except for you know uh, Kanshu, who has been exiled, so he can present himself. He's not he's not over there. That's him. And then uh, they can pre present themselves through their avatar. So that's why they have these like human, uh, human people that they like project through to to still uh, have these meetings and stuff and have little in so they can observe humanity but not you know impact it. Yeah, I don't think any of the gods take human form. Um, and if you do see a god presenting themselves as a human, that means that's their avatar. Um, so with that being said, I think we still have hair. Like, for instance, we get the hippo, but we also have Harrow, which tells me that that god is still presenting themselves as a human. But I suspect that we will see um, a more animalistic version of Harrow slash Amit at some point. So Do, did is Harrow a god? Uh, well, Harrow was chasing after Amit. Therefore, I think they're entangled. So yeah. that's my prediction. Yes. Yeah, I thought he was trying to become, like, he was trying to get, like, that's why he needed the statue, right? But then, like, Layla ran off with it, we think, I think. Oh, did Layla? I, I, I meant... think she ran off with it. I think that was the whole thing of Mark distracting. It, again, this is, like, the show. Some of this is very confusing of, like, it, it, it was a lot going on at one time. 
Uh, but I believe Layla was trying to run away while Mark defended. Gotcha. So, well, that that does kind of take us to the end of the episode. I think, Tommy, I think next week, I think we get a flashback episode. Um, I think we've kind of predicted it. I think we're going to see, like, um, possibly the other side to Mark and Stephen, kind of when we flash back and forth. I think this is possibly where we find out about that third sarcophagus. Um, I think we're going to get all these questions answered in flashback format next week. I agree, but not enough. I think it's they're still going to be in this in this this uh, this area. I think it's going to be through here. I almost think maybe it's his memories, and then maybe we'll see the flashbacks through like like different rooms and stuff. I could see them doing something with that. Like if we're going to get a flashback, I see it in that way. Less so like a complete like. All right, we're going. We're just going to forget that this hippo just showed up, and then we're going to jump all away. I think they're going to try to handle both if they try to do anything. Fair. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of hope it isn't a flashback episode. I'm all for questions getting answered. I think there's a lot of ways to do that. I think that there's like a good amount of momentum nearing the end of this episode. And I think it's only a six episode run, if I have that right. So we only have two episodes left. I don't think I would love to see a penultimate episode where we lose the momentum here, especially as we're like talking about gods and taking over and judgment and like we're go they have to go big somewhere and i i don't know how like low we want to get here for episode five i'd like to see them continue to build uh as we get as we get towards episode six gotcha well all right guys that takes us to the end here um adam i know i didn't give you any heads up but uh did you prepare any recommendations to leave the audience with today oh <laughs> recommendations we can we can go first if you want to think please yeah please okay I'll go first here. Um, my recommendation is Lego Star Wars. And listen, I was like skeptical about this game. Like I played the old ones. I was like, okay. And, and a lot of like a lot of games like this, it's like, oh, they just kind of like updated the graphics a little bit. It's still like an older engine. The game's not as fun. Like it doesn't meet the modern standard of current games. That is not the case with Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars, yes, it gets a revamp. It looks incredible, first of all. It's it's a beautiful game. You wouldn't think that as far as Legos go, but it is. Um, and also, like, all the mechanics, all, like, the everything down to the puzzles, to the action, they have completely redesigned this game and as well given us the sequel trilogy in here as well. So um, if you're on the fence about Lego Star Wars, I say jump in. And here's the other thing, like, star, it's, like, you, you know the story of Star Wars, but you don't know this story of Star Wars. And I say that to say, like, a character like Jar Jar Binks. You might not love Jar Jar Binks, but Jar Jar Binks works so well in Lego Star Wars. It is actually, like, the funniest part so far. So um, I really, I'm really having a good time with it. It's lighthearted fun. Some of it is like, uh, wow, this is just really simple, good fun. And then other times I'm, like, getting stuck on puzzles for, like, 30 minutes. It's, it's challenging at times. It's hilarious. Highly recommend Lego Star Wars. Um, Tommy, I'll throw it to you. What do you got? Well, uh, I've been I've been reading. Uh, I reread a book that I uh, loved, and I read it again, and I loved it again. Um, it's called The Glass Castle. It's a true story. Um, this woman, uh, I cannot think of her name off the top of my head right now, and I apologize. Uh, she writes about her life, and like she has a really interesting upbringing that I think if you're looking, if you like those kind of stories, uh, nonfiction, I think you would really enjoy that. Don't watch the movie. The movie's terrible, but the book is really good. 
All right, Adam, what do you got for us? Okay, so uh, it actually comes out today when we're recording um, the start of season two of The Flight Attendant, a show on HBO. Season one was last year. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco show, really, really good for season one. And season two has uh, just come out. The first two episodes are out today, and it's got kind of a weird release schedule. Um, but I really loved the first season, and uh, I, I would highly recommend The Flight Attendant to, to everyone. It's on HBO Max. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. Adam, this was such a joy. You were definitely somebody we wanted to get back on the podcast after your first appearance. So I'm glad that you agreed to do it, uh, even if it was against your best interest. With that being said, I would love to give you the chance to plug whatever you got going on and where people can find you on the internet. Yeah, this was so much fun. Uh, I love coming on here. Tommy always gives me plenty of warning as to when uh, this is going to be, and certainly not a last-minute situation. I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame <laughs> on that. <laughs> no, no, no I, you can blame Tommy. It's fine. I'm, Listen, I'm the cool. worst was when I gave Todd a five-minute warning and said, "All right, you're gonna be out." Um, well, speaking of Todd, uh, you, the uh, biggest place you could find me is on uh, my very own podcast. We are talking about crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, we are one indescribable podcast or one CXG podcast on Twitter. Tommy's been a guest a couple of times now. Um, the CW show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's like a musical TV show. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it. It has just some amazing stories, some amazing songs, some amazing characters, and we have some great conversations about it. Um, you can also find me on the Poster Recap Discord running D&D just like a million hours a week. Like that's all basically that I do with my entire life. And then besides that, you can find me on Twitter at PianomanAdam1. Awesome. Tommy, uh, what are you doing? You reading books? What else? <laughs> like, it's like I'm, I'm getting bullied for reading books. I mean, uh, I, was, I was shocked to hear you read. I don't read books, so. Oh, I love it. I listen to books. Listen, audiobooks are great, too. Yeah. Uh, where you can, I'm on the Twitter. Uh, Tommy's Tidbits. Come find me. I, I barely use it, but I, it's there. Uh, but mostly I'm on the PSR Discord with Adam uh, running D&D, uh, sometimes together, sometimes separate. Uh, and uh, I will uh, double down with Adam. Uh, go listen to his podcast. It's a really good job that they do, and it's a really good time listening to it. Uh, and Adam gives a lot of hot takes. So like, if you're ready for hot takes, Adam, Adam serves. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll plug again the Kickball Friends podcast. I was on there this week. We talked about Better Call Saul. We talked about everything, everywhere, all at once. We talked about the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. So if you're looking for Star Wars coverage on that, you're going to have to go to Kickball Friends. We talked about like random Star Wars stuff, um, all kinds of stuff. The Kickball Friends, hosted by Robbie Freeman. You've heard him on this podcast. It's a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. Um, other than that... Um, is that it? I guess we'll close this out. Yeah, you're not getting trailer breakdowns over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll, have to, we'll have to outsource for that. Um, but i like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars. And uh, also subscribe because that helps you get the podcast every single week. We'll be here. We're, we're going to, uh, whether you like the show or not, we're going to be here for the next two episodes. And then Kenobi's next. So uh, also uh, Multiverse of Madness is coming up. Like we got some cool stuff in the hopper. So if you subscribe, you'll get all those episodes. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod. And you can also find our merch in the links of those social media. Um, we also have a Discord community. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can message us there and we will give you the link and get you involved. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.